Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bias Check-In. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. We are happy to be back behind the microphones after a little bit of a hiatus. We had recorded the last few episodes well ahead to allow me some time off of the radar on vacance. But we are back, back, back again. And with that, so are all of the work meetings that I had somehow managed to avoid for the past two weeks. Did you know that the average U.S. worker spends three hours a day in meetings with 11 to 15 meetings per week? That alone does not sound so bad. About three meetings per day, maybe. What is more concerning is that another source reported people having about five meetings per day, which only increases as you get to more and more senior roles. Research from the University of North Carolina showed that in the past 50-ish years, executives have gone from meetings for less than 10 hours per week to an average of 23 hours per week. And that's without counting organic meetings or like walkings and spontaneous chats on Zoom now. Considering that the average U.S. office worker has 40 hours a week to get all of their work done, and that research has shown time and time again that multitasking is not that productive, so the emails we might answer while we're half-checked into that Zoom call don't really help us in the long term, all of this makes it a little easier to empathize with those who just hate meetings. While much has already been said, researched and published about this somewhat necessary bane of our work lives, we wanted to take this time to walk through a few of our favorite ways to make meetings more effective, less of a waste of time, or at the very least, a little less miserable. Starting from the very beginning, do we actually need to meet? We're all familiar with the this could have been an email feeling, but somehow we're still also culprits of putting meetings on people's calendars when written communication, aka an email, would have been enough. If you're not sure or anticipate receiving questions, you can always send the information you were planning to share and follow up with a let me know if you have any questions or if it would be beneficial to schedule some time to go over this together. But let's say you and your team have established that yes, this meeting is truly necessary, unavoidable. It cannot be an email or a memo. You will need to discuss and brainstorm next steps collaboratively. That's okay. The next hurdle where we see teams struggling is to not stop and consider who needs to be at the meeting and why they need to be there. It might be tempting to simplify and say, well, since we have to meet, let's have the whole team together for an hour every week and let's go over all the updates from everyone. And while it is common and it does work, does everyone really have to get the updates every week? Does everyone have an informed point of view on everyone else's work or potential hurdles? If you're in consulting or other client-oriented work, is it justifiable to bill your account an hour of everyone's time 
Now, plain devil's advocate. If you are establishing a new team, you might prefer the face-to-face for bonding, to understand each other, get familiar. On the other hand, if the team is well-established, the project is running well, there are no major points of discussion to explore, consider using that meeting optional function and letting people choose whether they have the bandwidth to join in or if they would rather use that time for other work tasks. Likewise, if you know that my input is not needed, why request my time? That goes back to the, this can be an email for the team members who just need to be made aware of what the conclusions of the meeting were. And if someone on the team whose input would have been needed, does that not make it in? Like, that's when the agenda and the meeting minutes come in handy. Everyone and their manager have talked about the benefits of having clear meeting agendas until they get blue on the face. So we will not sit on this point for too long, but adding meeting minutes to the agendas afterwards also help capture what the final consensus was and what, if any, next steps are needed. All meetings should have next steps, but and who is responsible for them? Taking minutes can be a pain. I've done it for many, many meetings in my lifetime, but there's so many AI plugins, browser extensions out there that run transcripts and summarize conversations that can be used to allow everyone to be focused and present in the moment. And then you have that transcript backup of what happened. This also shifts the responsibilities of information sharing a little bit. And in my opinion, creates more accountability, which, as you can imagine, we're big fans of. On one hand, the meeting organizer needs to provide access to the agenda and to the minutes. So you might need to quality check that transcript. But on the other, it's now on the individuals who are seeking that information to go through the notes and review. I love this in some of my work teams to cut down on the same FAQs being asked over and over again. And this also connects to one of my top three meeting pet peeves. The let's sidebar on this or let's take this offline response. Let me be clear. If someone goes off topic, brings up something unrelated to the meeting agenda... I think it's perfectly okay to politely redirect them while acknowledging that their topic, their concern can be better addressed in a different setting. What absolutely irks my very last nerve is when you are in a meeting, the group is discussing something, but taking a while to reach a consensus and someone just gives up. You know, there's so many other points on the agenda. We're staying on this too long. Um, we'll reach the conclusion some other time kind of attitude can just push his work down the hill until it becomes beyond overdue and urgent. And then you don't have the time to properly reason through your options. To quote my favorite independent contractor ever, hate, 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 loathe entirely. Yeah, this is the meeting to reach consensus on this thing. Now you just created another meeting where we have to do that. It sounds lovely. And you obviously did not take this from like 
experience. Did you, Claudia? No, no, no. This is all purely hypothetical. I'm imagining it would be frustrating to deal with this meeting after meeting after meeting. Of course, of course. Um, I know we said we stay away from the super obvious have an agenda to folks at least the day before. But it really is as fundamental as eating your veggies or brushing your teeth. And it helps avoid Claudia's pet peeve among a host of other situations. Besides the written agenda, there's another easy step to ground everyone and keep us present. When we start a meeting, we should name the objectives for it explicitly before jumping into the first bullet point. It can be a great way to focus everyone's energies. We don't necessarily need to start with the weather and then like, okay, we shall we shall start. We should jump in. What did you do this weekend? Did you have fun? For example, if we meet each week to talk about the unit's progress, it can be easy to fall into the routine of, on Mondays at 10, we're in the conference room for 30 minutes and go a little on autopilot. But if we start each of the, each of the very same meetings with something like, hey team, for this week, we need to decide who is going to staff this project. Evaluate how we did last quarter and start outlining the next. It anchors the conversation and cuts down on the chance for sidebars and off-topic rants. Another aspect of meeting planning, which I learned the hard way, is to use the 2080 rule for the order in which you discuss topics as well. If you're not familiar, the 80-20 rule, also known as Pareto's principle, states that about 80% of results comes from 20% of efforts or of input. Now, Vilfredo Pareto was an Italian economist, came up with this in 8095. Maybe we'll do another back to basics on it. The specific ratio numbers, subject to debate. But the main takeaway when it comes to meetings is that often a minority of the efforts, a minority of the staff, of the energy spent, or maybe the accounts, the clients that your organization has, have the majority of consequences bringing the most revenue in terms of magnitude of impact. So often when writing agendas, I would prioritize whatever was urgent, especially for this one client where my team is managing a lot of parallel projects. And so we never have time to discuss all of the things that we need to discuss in one hour and we don't want to go over time. But this way we never run out of urgent topics to tackle because we often did not talk about the important things until they were both important and urgent or overdue. So try to prioritize the important, then the urgent, then the non-urgent and non-important, if honestly those even make it onto the agenda, to help the team both stay on topic and not feel like we're always putting out fires, like the water is just below our nose week after week. And that's all great, but there's one important thing we have not talked about yet, without which all we've discussed is, well, probably just completely undermined, to be honest. And that is the meaning follow-up. There are few things more frustrating than getting through a great meaning and then 
nothing happens until the next time that we're all in the same room talking about the exact same things. Within the minutes that we talked about, within whichever project management tool of your choosing, we need takeaway points, action points, tasks, clearly defined, and who is responsible for them. What are the expectations for everyone before we meet again? What are the appropriate channels and alternatives if we do not meet those expectations? Last for this episode, but far from the least, every so often, whether you have a short agenda for that time or you're a closing point for a project phase, it also helps to have a meta meeting, a meeting about how we meet. I know, sounds super redundant, but making sure that the communication styles work, seeing if anything has changed in terms of team needs, or even if someone new needs to be included on who gets invited to these meetings, or if someone can hop off the queue until their input is needed again. Simple check-ins to realize that, yes, the work always going to be the focus, but how we think about that work is just as important. And with that, let us know whether you love to meet with your coworkers, whether you would rather all communications be memos and emails, what are some of your tricks and tips for having an efficient meeting or some of your pet peeves. I know I'm not the only one to have strong feelings about meetings and how we conduct them. In hypothetical scenarios, of course. For all intents and legal purposes, yes, we're speaking hypothetically. Let us know, slide into our DMs or send us a message on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Bias Check-In Podcast. Send us an email to info at biascheckin.com. We'll check in with you in the next one. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Let's circle back next week. Bye.